This is Anne. And Lita. And you're listening to Vodka Lemonade Stand. Let's have an exercise of thinking back to like when we were like, let's do a podcast. And I think it was centered around, uh, it grew out of a conversation where you were like, I always get feedback that I should start a cult. And I'm like, well, <laughs> I feel like that's a great place to start. I do get that feedback. You're not wrong. Yeah. You're charismatic. I have an ability to make people care about things that they never would have expected to care about. That's a little bit of the thesis statement of what we got going on here. It's true. We're two friends making a podcast, as you do. Uh, Lita, how did we first meet? We met in the sixth grade. We went to the same middle school. I don't remember in what class. I don't remember. Like, I don't really remember the exact circumstances. I just remember knowing you in the sixth grade. Yeah. The sixth grade, in my memory, and I've described it this way before, was the absolute low point of my coolness. Oh, So the fact that we were <laughs> friends at my absolute dorkiest and weirdest, mm-hmm. uh, I think it's truly beautiful. Because I was a dork. You know, sixth grade, I don't think was great for anyone, first of all. Second of all, in sixth grade, I still had glasses braces and it was pre-nose job so it was like the trifecta of horrible awkwardness so like you weren't alone you were not alone that's that's encouraging (laughs) i try i try uh so how do we reconnect we oh my gosh we reconnected um because of a planned parent no narol it was a narol event um and i saw that we had both um, shown that we were interested in the event on Facebook, and I was like, oh my gosh, Anne. Anne lives in Portland, and I had just moved back maybe like five, six months previous, so I was still definitely trying to, you know, build my social foundation and reconnect with the few people who are still here, because I, I don't know about you, but like a lot of the people I went to school with are no longer here. Yeah, same. Um, And I was like, oh my gosh, Anne and I have things in common, and we were friends a long time ago, so maybe we should reconnect and see what happens. And so we didn't end up going to the NARAL event. We got tacos (laughs) (laughs) Um, and discovered our mutual love of The Bachelor, Bachelorette, and teen shows, and it all kind of grew from there. Yeah, it's kind of centered around what I think a lot of people call it like, oh, like a guilty pleasure show mm-hmm. or a guilty pleasure music that you listen to. And I reject the idea no, that you nothing, should feel guilty no. about any of that. I say celebrate that love. Yes. Find people who love it too. Mm-hmm. And just engage in that fandom. Yeah, don't be ashamed. What's the point of being ashamed of something you enjoy? I just like, then you're like punishing yourself. Mm-hmm. What's the point of that? I yeah. I don't get it. So unabashedly we're in love with and let's list them at the top yes uh but this is the taste of what we're gonna be talking about (laughs) ad nauseum for the future okay we start well it started with bachelor nation Mm -hmm. and then i hooked you on riverdale and Mm -hmm. we went hard with riverdale we even for the finale made maple syrup cocktails like we were very serious um, so there's Riverdale, and then I also... I love a themed cocktail. I know, it was That's so what we've got right now. These are... <laughs> oh, yeah! These are vodka lemonades. Jingle. Jingle. The podcast Jingle. is Vodka Lemonade Stan. It's true. Oh, cheers. Cheers! Oh, there we go. <laughs> um, yeah, so then we uh, started watching Shadowhunters, which is 
If I were to be embarrassed about something that I watched, it would probably be Shadowhunters, but I'm not embarrassed. It's fabulous. Um, but we ended up watching two seasons of Shadowhunters in not very much time. Mm -mm. Uh, we... It's very bingeable. It's very bingeable. Everyone's so pretty. Um, what else is on our list? Oh, T-Swift. Tay-Tay. Oh, Taylor. Mm-hmm. Always, mm -hmm. always good to spark conversations. A lot of, a lot of divisiveness like, yeah i was gonna say that's like a pretty controversial like i don't bring up taylor swift because i'm like uh oh this can get pretty hairy people, pretty people, fast people got opinions i know i've got opinions strong ones i have a bit mm, yeah yeah that's fair i think i've just mellowed so much because of my apathy about reputation that i'm just like eh yeah, sort of like, I, eh. Eh, I used to care. Yeah, exactly. And really, 20, whoa, 2017 was all about the solo careers of One Direction for me. So, like, Taylor's album is so on the back burner mm -hmm. for my personal tastes this year. Yeah. So the sort of central theme of this episode, our, our premiere episode, is to sort of recap 2017, the year of our reconnection as friends, Aww. and the journeys that we took together through film, television, um, and just like really shouting about what we love. Mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. and hopefully y'all love it too, or get inspired to look it up, <laughs> download the, the CW app and the CW Seed app. Oh yeah, CWC is whatever streaming an device trip you have. Down memory lane. Uh, yeah, so we're just gonna dive right in. Yeah, let's to, do it. To pop culture moments and teen pop culture moments that stood out in 2017. Where are we starting, Anne? Uh, Lead the way. I think we should start with Riverdale. I feel like that was a big, overarching show for us this year absolutely and just i think in general like cw i don't think has had a hit like that and the, i mean gene the virgin and crazy ex-girlfriend i think are different because they're very critically acclaimed whereas riverdale like riverdale's not gonna win a golden globe like that's not gonna happen but it created a fervor similar to gossip girl mm -hmm. and we mm -hmm. haven't had that at least from the cw i think in a long time yeah, I don't think it was a a mistake, or maybe it was really just good timing that the first uh, season of Riverdale came out almost concurrently with the newest season of Twin Peaks. Oh, yeah, you're right. Because people mm -hmm. are kind of like, oh, yeah, I, I do love a small town mm -hmm. murder mystery yeah. that's kind of like out there and kooky and has a bit of a throwback feel to it. Because that's what Riverdale is. <laughs> no, it absolutely is, and it introduced in a weird way, the Archie comics to a generation who probably didn't have any exposure. Like, I knew what the Archie comics were, but I'd never read one before. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and of course, our parents are very confused and mildly horrified, uh, at least mine are, by this interpretation. Um, but yeah, I think you're right. I think it came at a really um, like convenient time. Yeah, I think Riverdale presents an opportunity to bring generations together. Because what you have is characters from Archie Comics, mm -hmm. which dates back to, I think, just like 1940s, 1950s? 1950s. Early 20th century yeah. Americana. So you've got mm -hmm. Betty. You've mm -hmm. got Veronica. Iconic. you got Archie, who's, you know, he's Archie. 
Jughead, fabulous. Mm-hmm. All of those people are in this show. Um, and I think like you, I was like, I was like aware. Maybe I'd picked up one of these comics at the drugstore and flipped through it. Wasn't a big part of my childhood, but it's something my grandparents and my parents both like understand culturally. Um, and then I think it's for like, for the Generation Xers out there, you've got uh, Archie's dad on Riverdale is the dad from, no, not dad. He was just in 90210. In Beverly Hills 90210. Oh, Beverly Hills, yeah. Mm-hmm. Not the yeah. 90210, the remake. That's different. Correct. Sorry. And also, Archie's mom, who appears in a couple episodes, mm-hmm. is Molly Ringwald. Molly Ringwald. From Classic. Breakfast Club. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Pretty in Pink, 16 Candles, all of that. Yep. So, it's really Riverdale the show that I'm saying, you should sit down with your grandparents and parents. I don't know about that. <laughs> I don't know about that. Don't mind me. I'm kicking the table. Um, Maybe. <laughs> maybe. It's worth a shot, I guess. Uh, let's let's talk about the the ships. On, the ships on uh, Riverdale and, and who our favorite characters are. Before we do that, I think it's important to say Riverdale really did cement our friendship so much so that we went as Archie and Jughead for Halloween. I just think that's an important anecdote. Mm-hmm. I think that's important mm-hmm. for people to know. Anyway, now we can talk about the ships, but like specifically this is how- gender bent Archie. Yes, and Jughead. it's true. Like I was like Archie, like very feminine. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, with like knee high socks, cute. Red it was wig. very cute. It made me think, like, oh, should I go red? And I'm like, that seems like a project that mm, I want to take on someday. But it was cute. It was. It was very cute. Um, and you have that sweet jean jacket you still wear. I know that jean jacket is so rad. No one told me that those like Sherpa line jackets are warm and amazing. So yeah, Jughead did me a solid there. Um, okay, ships. I'm ready. Wait, are we talking about the show's ships and how we feel about them, or the ships we wish existed, or both? Maybe it would be good to start with, like, cast of characters, who stands out, who's great. Okay. I want to talk about Cheryl Blossom. Oh, Cheryl. Yikes. Cheryl Blossom's, like, your your necessary, like, mean girl character. Mm -hmm. She's Queen Bee. Mm -hmm. Um, She's just got it together. Her, like... One-line insults are on par with, like, a Lucille Bluth from Arrested Development. There's one scene where she's at Archie's house, and his dad is there, and she's just like, sorry, I have to leave now. I just get really, like, anxious in small houses. Claustrophobic. She says, my claustrophobia acts up in small houses. (laughs) And she's just got this, like, long, luscious red hair. She, like, flips back and Mm -hmm. forth at all, all times. It's really and the confidence in that same scene. She's like, "Oh, Mr. Andrews, looking very delphy today." She's like, got no filter because no, she's never awesome. needed one. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So Cheryl really stands out. Mm-hmm. Um, Cheryl's a central character in the show because her brother Jason Blossom is her murdered. twin brother. Her twin brother. Mm-hmm. When there's kind of like weird vibes. Yeah, there's some like twin sisters. They like mm-hmm. they like dressed up the same in order to like stage his weird disappearance and then he ended up getting murdered anyway and she had like gloves on mm-hmm. it was odd the whole thing was weird yeah <laughs> you're not wrong that's that was the weird scene yeah so you're is. you're just immediately diving in and you're like what's going on here mm-hmm. and cheryl's at the center of it yeah it's true and then obviously i mean we won't give anything away but her family turns out to be pretty central to the whole mm-hmm. season the, the so, blossom family the blossom family I think Cheryl's a great place to move on to talk about Veronica, mm-hmm. who I think was 
if I had to pick a favorite before the show, I would have picked Veronica. Hmm. Just because she was, like, very sassy in the comics. Mm-hmm. The one comic that I read ten years ago. <laughs> I was like, oh, she seems like the cool one. She is cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what's the actress's name? Her name is um, Camila Mendez. Because she has a pinned tweet where she asks people to stop thinking she's a fan account for Camila Cabello and Sean Mendez. Yeah, like, her name would be the ship name <laughs> yeah. for... Those two. Uh-huh. But she's great. It's her first acting role. It's like her first IMDb credit, which is pretty cool. Nice. Actually. Yeah. Like, true breakout. Rack is great. She's like reformed rich mean girl. She's like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. she's like what Cheryl could be if Cheryl really consciously decided to adopt a soul. But Cheryl's too busy and, and boss of the town for that, so. Yeah, it's true. It's like Blair Waldorf moves to a tiny town mm-hmm. in, like, Vermont, question mark. I don't know. They never really, like, say <laughs> where it is. They purposefully hide where, where Riverdale actually is. But since Maple Syrup is such a central, I'm just gonna say Vermont. Yeah, and there's, like, Canadian crime, so it's yeah. gotta be in the north. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, uh, oh, totally lost track, got distracted by, oh, yeah, Veronica. She has some serious Blair Waldorf vibes. Mm-hmm. Fashion, too. Like, she's always wearing a Peter yes. Pan collar. Yes. And lots of pearls and, and black. capes. She wears a cape. So it's so capes. iconic. So many capes. I love the cape. And from Veronica, naturally, you go to Betty. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Who's interesting, I think. I in love Betty. Yeah. She, because on the surface, she's this really, like, vanilla, sweet mm-hmm. girl Got next that door. high ponytail. Exactly. Like, cashmere sweaters. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, she has a dark side. And they don't It's literally wait. called Dark Betty. It is. It is it's called Dark Betty, but they don't, they don't even wait that long. Mm-hmm. It's like really three episodes in. Yeah. And all of a sudden, she's wearing a wig and, like, digging her fingernails into her palms. It's... And, like, holding someone in a boiling yeah. hot tub. Like, whoa, girl. Yeah. Like, if you murdered somebody in Riverdale and you needed help hiding the body, Betty. you would call Betty. Betty. She's also the smartest, mm-hmm. so that's also a pretty important yeah. part. Everyone, people are pretty dumb And honestly, Riverdale. maybe that happens because I haven't caught up on season two, so maybe, <laughs> maybe there is the point where someone's like, oh no, there's a body and I have to call Betty for help. I won't give it away. I'm caught up. It is not. It's a problem. We're going to work yeah, on it probably as soon as we I finish I didn't do recording. my homework for this podcast. No, it's okay. Uh, on this particular front. It's okay. We'll wait until you're done to do our full Riverdale deep dive. Mm, yeah. We're, we're doing cast of characters. Yes. Uh, from Betty, you probably have to jump to Archie. Bummer. But I feel like we should we should talk about less about Archie, more about Kijiapa. Ugh. He is... Um, Kiwi, Samoan, mm. his dad is like a tribal leader, so he has tribal tattoos, but it's not weird cultural appropriation. It's like real shit. Yeah. Um, he, I'm trying to remember before he did Riverdale, he was in, oh my gosh, that movie with the dogs and Britt Robertson. What was that movie called? Do you remember? No. Oh, no. It was the one that got a lot of flack from PETA, where they were like, the dogs were abused, but oh, they weren't. Uh, that was the whole investigation. Um, yeah, I, there were posters on it when I was walking around town in January. It's like, a dog's, a dog's purpose. purpose. Nice. Jinx. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that was the only thing I really knew of that he was in. Not that I saw that movie, mm-hmm. obviously, but... Yeah. 
KJ Apa works out twice a day, and it's very obvious that he does. But he, his body, like, he looks great. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not gonna lie, he looks great, but at the same time, he really does look like a 19-year-old who spends a lot of time lifting weights. Like, parts of his body just have not filled out the right way, mm-hmm. you know? So I think in, like, four years... He's going to be so fine. Like, you're not going to be able to handle yeah. it. But for now, yeah. I'm like, I can still tell you're 19. Like, Which I can... works. Because it's like you need yeah. to be passable as a high schooler exactly. if you're in Riverdale. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is a young cast, too. It is. Like, is mm-hmm. is Jughead the oldest in the cast? Yep. Yeah, wow. he's our age, I think. He's 25. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then everyone else, Lily Reinhardt. Well, some of these people may have had birthdays since I knew their ages, but she's either, like, 20 or 21. Um, Camila Mendez is probably 23, KJ is 19, so, I mean, it's a lot better than a lot of other teen shows mm-hmm. where there's, like, a 30-year-old playing a 16-year-old. Yeah, I love when they cast young actors to play young parts. Like, Degrassi mm-hmm. was really good at that, which I watched a lot of seasons of, um, back when Drake was on the show. Oh. When he was Aubrey Graham. Um, we'll have to do a whole episode about Degrassi one time. I'll just have to ask you questions. I've never seen it. Or maybe... Well, I'll have to, yeah, I'll have to refresh my memory because I watched a lot of Degrassi in high school and mm-hmm. not a lot since then. Fair enough. Okay, so that was Archie. Well, now we have to talk about Jughead. Jarchie for life. Perfect. Yes. Ending with the, the best, I think, from the main, main cast. Yeah. I do think he's the worst actor, which is weird because he's the one with, like, the longest acting history. Yeah. Which of the... Which, which Sprouse twin is he? He's Cole. Cole. Cole Sprouse. Okay. Yeah. Cole and Dylan Sprouse. And now you can tell them apart because they have very different hair. Because yes. Cole has the dark jughead hair and then Dylan has hair that's like as long as mine and blonde. Yeah. and But I mix them up now, not because they look the same, because they do have different hair, um, but because Dylan Sprouse is the one who's like Twitter famous or more Twitter famous. And Cole Sprouse is the one that is more TV famous, right? Well, okay, to be fair, I didn't start following Cole on Twitter until I started watching Riverdale. So at that point, he probably had. But I feel like they kind of feed off of each other. Mm. Like, they're, they're, just their um, dynamic is very, like, bantery. And they do a lot of good callbacks to their um, prior ridiculous roles. And they say a lot of snarky, funny stuff. So I feel like it's probably both of them, but maybe Dylan had an edge before mm-hmm. Cole like landed himself on a CW show. Yeah, but as twenty-five-year-olds, you could, it's, like, there is probably a twenty-five-year-old out there who has been a lifelong fan of the Sprouse twins. Like, they oh yeah, started with Ben on Friends, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, kind of like a Mary Kate and Ashley in Full House situation where there's two people playing the same character. I think it was just Cole. Is it though? just Cole? Really? I think it is. I don't know. I think he was just kicking. Just kicking it. Yeah. I think that's a common misconception is that it was both of them, but I think it was actually just Cole. Oh. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong, and you can yell at me later. We'll fact check it. Yeah. (laughs) If we get get blowback. There we go. From our fans. (laughs) Uh, We'll figure it out. Okay. Okay. Um, And then there was Sweet Life with Zach and Kelly, which was very popular on my softball team in middle school. Um, I never really got into it, though. I didn't watch it. I didn't I have that station. Yeah. But now we got Riverdale. Now we have Riverdale. And now Dylan has his, like, 
really interesting indie. I just read a, an interview with him the other day where he was like, you know, I think Cole's really happy doing his CW thing, but like I, on the other hand, I want to be part of like more like indie artistic. Sure. Like, and I'm sure. like, oh, Dylan, you sound like such a dick. <laughs> um, which I, I mean, maybe he's not. Maybe that was just the phrasing. But because we think the CW is great. We the CW is awesome. And you should be proud awesome. to be on the CW. Absolutely. I mean, you know again, what's on CW? Supernatural. That show's been on like for 15 years. A million years for my life. I mean, not for my lifespan, but like it feels like it has mm -hmm. been. I haven't caught the last couple of seasons yet, though. I haven't been meaning to catch up. But back to Riverdale. Back so we've made Riverdale. our way through the headliners, I'll yep. say. The, the core four. Mm-hmm. Plus Cheryl, because I can't. Oh, yeah. She's well, so she's not part of the core four, but she's... She's my favorite. She's... Her hair, like, deserves awards. Mm -hmm. Like, I wish we could give awards to her hair. Just for hair. Yeah. Excellent. And she, yeah, the best gifts come from Cheryl scenes. Yes. 100%. So when I left off at the very start mm. of Riverdale season two... With the exception of, sorry, oh. um, I'm weird... I'm a weirdo. Have you ever seen me without this stupid hat on? That's weird. Because that's like the most iconic Riverdale It is. That, that became its own like meme outside of yep. people even know what Riverdale it's, is. It's like the reaction gif for <laughs> weird. I'm a, a weird. lot of fucking annoying <laughs> men. Um, anyway, sorry. I just had to... Well, yes. yeah, and I made, you, I made you repeat that on demand. It's true. She did. On Halloween. She did. And when we were leading up to Halloween practicing, I had to learn the entire, it's like, I don't know, 40 seconds. I had to memorize the whole thing. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> um, sorry, I cut you off. What were you saying? Okay. Well, I, where I left off at the end of uh, season one, start of season two, the lay of the land is mm -hmm. that Veronica's with Archie. How Betty's do you feel about spoilers Jenna. on this podcast? Sorry. You know what? If where you're watching, we? we're, we're going to talk about, we're going to lay out like what we're going to talk about in the episode description. And we're not going to dance around spoilers. Is that, do you feel good about I that? I agree. No, I'm 100% on board with Because if we're going to talk about that. something, we're going to be yeah. able to talk about yeah, yeah, yeah. it all the way. Yeah. I feel like we can assume that people have seen as much as we have seen. Yeah. Like if it's, yeah. if it comes up, you know, if it's like, hey, in this episode, we talk about Star Wars, The Last Jedi, it's going to be Which spoilers. Which I haven't seen, so no spoilers. <laughs> it's going to be spoilers back to front. Mm -hmm. And if you're like, oh, I don't want to hear that until I see it, skip the episode. It's, it's 2018. Or come back to it once you're caught up. Yeah, exactly. Save it for later. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I did that with, with Gilmore Guys when I listened. I was uh. like, Gilmore Guys, they were on season five when I started listening, but I was on like season two watching it. Uh. And so I did a lot of just like backwards, forwards, catching up, which was great. Yeah. If it works. Okay. Anyway, keep going. Okay. So spoilers. Yeah, All yeah, the yeah. spoilers. So at the start of season two, uh, Veronica's with Archie, which I'm not excited about. Betty's with Jughead, which I'm not excited about, but mainly because, like you, my OTP, one true pairing, is Archie and Jughead. Hashtag Archie for life! They belong together. Jargie. Yeah, it's true. Um, they have sleepovers. They lived in the same room mm -hmm. for They're a while They're very supportive there. of one another. They are. Yeah. And that's... that's <laughs> That helped inform our character choices on Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> it did. <laughs> now we have a what will become a tradition of us going as like not actual canon mm -hmm. couples, but extra canonical OTPs. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Perfect. So, but we'll talk about that more once we get to Shadowhunters. Anyway, Veronica's with Archie. Betty is with Jughead. That's where you were. 
Cheryl is not with anybody, but deserves the world. Well, Cheryl's world was, like, literally on fire mm-hmm. at the end of mm-hmm. season mm-hmm. one, so... She'll rise like a phoenix from yeah, the ashes. She like, will. A, like a beautiful, beautiful, sassy <laughs> phoenix. Oh, uh, yeah. Riverdale. Yeah. I feel like that, I mean, the plot in Riverdale is, like, very much secondary. Mm-hmm. Let's be honest. Like, they do a good mystery. They do. But I don't know if that's necessarily the most compelling part of the show. Mm-hmm. The most compelling part is, like, the theme that it's, like, Archie Comics themed and just, like, sassy teen drama in the in the tradition of Gossip Girl. Yeah. And just the, um, it's just, like, a really ridiculous, my dad described it as Gossip Girl meets Scooby-Doo, which is, like, pretty That's accurate, spot on. That's honestly. Spot on. And it's just, we need to appreciate that something like that exists. Yeah, like, That's... unabashed camp. Mm-hmm. I'm into mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Speaking of campiness, I'm ready. <laughs> I feel like once we finished season one of Riverdale together, we were like, mm-hmm. what do we watch next? And you had a great idea. <gasps> oh my which gosh, was Shadowhunters! <laughs> I just probably got so shrill because I love Shadowhunters. I love Shadowhunters more than I love most things in life. And I'm not even exaggerating. It's, it's a, a very deep, powerful love. I'm on the same page. I think I was starting out, I was like, I... I've maybe heard, like, whispers of the show, but I couldn't tell you anything about it. Um, I think it was the same, like, I had heard of the book series that's based on the Mortal Instruments, but I haven't ever really picked it up or bothered to look into it. I think I was getting it mixed up with a completely different series set in, like, Venice uh, that I read and didn't like. So (laughs) So I was was coming at it pretty fresh, Mm -hmm. and I was like, okay, well, I trust your taste. Like, you introduced me to Riverdale, so we're on the same page. Let's get going. And Shadowhunters is just a, a, a tour de force. So should we start with talking about the freeform show Shadowhunters? Or should we put in some backstory about how this production came about? I think we should do the backstory. Because I think it definitely informs the direction that the show went in. Because it was originally a book series by Cassandra Clare, The Mortal Instruments. And she is a very controversial figure. If you have ever been a fan fiction reader, you probably heard about Cassandra Clare and alleged, don't sue us, alleged plagiarism. Um, so she was not viewed particularly well um, in that community. So when she got the movie deal for The Mortal Instruments, because the books did pretty well. I didn't read them, you know, because I could not support a plagiarist, but alleged, alleged plagiarist. Um, It was enough for your, for your very low bar of proof. It's true. Um, so then they made the movie, The Mortal Instrument, City of Bones, and they actually had a really good cast. Anne and I just watched the movie a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, Lily Collins. Aiden Turner. Aiden Turner. That guy My looks number like two an crush. alien. Um, Jamie Campbell Bower. Ugh. Um, who else was in it? Oh, that, the guy who was in The Tudors. What's his name? Jonathan Rhys uh, Myers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lots Ooh. of people with three names. He was not at his best in that movie, no, I gotta say. Like, not. he was good in The Tudors, and he's been good in their films, but... I don't know what was going on with him when he filmed Mortal Instruments. It was really Something bad. Um, And then um, Cersei. Cersei Mm -hmm, was in mm -hmm. it. So they had a really compelling cast of characters, but the movie was garbage. Like, it... Yeah. Yeah, I found it Mm -hmm. unwatchable uh, after the first, like, half hour. So, you know, if you're into it half hour in, 
end on a high note, turn the movie off. Yeah, it's so true. Or just, like, don't watch it all. Honestly, like, save yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, But the movie came out, and I think they really expected it to be the next Twilight. Like, I think that's what they were trying to accomplish. That's what they budgeted for with all those actors. I know. So, totally missed the mark. And then nothing happened for a couple years. And there were, like, whispers about it um, becoming a show, but I don't think it was associated with a network or had any sort of, like, real direction until all of a sudden, Freeform, they rebranded the show as Shadowhunters instead of the Mortal Instruments, probably wanted a clean slate, no question as to why, um, and totally started from the beginning and had the ability to take a lot of liberties because you can't adapt a book to a show the same way you can adapt a book to a movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they've been able to put their own spin on things and... Um, sort of reorder some things, yeah, too. Yeah, like the, the I think the movie attempts to follow the book for most of it, and mm-hmm. then just does its own thing at the end, but it doesn't make any sense. And then the show, you know, like, lays out the cast of characters from the book, but then brings in some things that I'm sure are in the second or third books, like, immediately to, like, keep you watching and yeah. keep you interested where, because, like, yeah, I think the, you know, the book ultimately was pretty hard to adapt. Mm-hmm. And that's something the movie failed at. But the show has been crushing, I think. It's phenomenal. And it's phenomenal in a lot of, I mean, you can't watch it and expect that it's going to be, like, fucking Game of Thrones, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's not that one production value. I make a lot of cracks at Shadowhunters, even though I love it. But it is out of love. I make a lot of jokes about the makeup intern makeup intern (laughs) it's become like a pretty good running joke about how the makeup looks like it was done by an intern yeah there were some some changes in creative direction between season one and season two huge (laughs) huge probably related to budget um but you'll find that a lot of people look just better yeah. Better on camera and in season two. the effects, like, I also joke that each episode had a $20 special effects budget because it's, like, bleak the first season. The special <laughs> effects are really rough. But you have to look past that because, I mean, it was a show that I don't think they necessarily expected to do well because the hype around Mortal Instruments had faded mm-hmm. so much by the mm-hmm. time the show came out that they... Honestly, like, it's almost surprising that the show was made. Um, yeah, I, I just, every time I hear that, like, oh, there's new episodes, I'm like, what a blessing, because there really is. shouldn't be. It is, I know, they are filming season three, or just finished filming season mm-hmm. three, which is amazing, we're so happy, um, but that's sort of the story of where um, the show came from, because, yeah, it, it, was, it was like a pretty interesting series of events that led to Shadowhunters, the show. Yeah, so brief synopsis of Shadowhunters. Story focuses on a girl in her late teens named Clary Fairchild. And it's like, you know, her 18th birthday or something Mm -hmm. like that. Coming of age. Yes. And she's like, all these weird things are happening to her. Like her drawings are coming to life or or the opposite. Things that are life are becoming her drawings, (laughs) which is pretty weird. It is. And her best friend um, is Simon... We'll, we'll talk about that later. Yeah, 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 and, yeah, yeah. Um, they go out, I guess, on our birthday and see the, this group of shadow hunters slay a demon, which looks like a bunch of kids murdering another kid. And so mm-hmm. she's obviously freaked yeah. out, but she's not supposed to have seen any of it 
because they had like special magic hiding their goings on from mundanes, aka humans, which is just another word for muggle. Yeah, honestly. It is. It's the I same mean, as muggle. Uh, alleged plagiarism. <laughs> <laughs> um and so that, that starts her in this grand adventure where she too becomes a, a shadow hunter. Mm-hmm. Or like realizes that it is her destiny. Yeah, it is. That it's her she destiny. is a born. Because shadow hunters are not made, they are born. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, uh, well, you mm-hmm. can make them, you but can, that's but another but really complicated. It's pretty yeah. high. <laughs> um, so centers around Clary, then the um, cast of characters in the Shadowhunter world, you have brother and sister, Alec and Izzy. Mm-hmm. Um, Alec is, at the beginning of the show, closeted, but that changes, and it's glorious. I also think he's the most beautiful one on the whole show. He's stunning. Per- personally, for he's me. He's stunning. But everyone's beautiful. It's Freeform. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. You can't go wrong. Everyone... Freeform, which is the legacy of, of ABC Family, which was yeah. what inherited itself from Fox Family. And allowed the network to be a lot more interesting, mm-hmm. frankly. Once We're taking out the family, family part. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so those are the shadow hunters. Um, oh, and then Jace, who... Uh, He's like the Draco Malfoy with the heart of gold. Draco Malfoy is harsh. I feel like he... Mm, I'm going to need to think of a good comparison. He's like a... I don't know. He's like Tom Cruise's character in Top Gun. <laughs> really? Like full of himself. Uh, he is. But like, you know, not for no reason. He is very capable. He is supposed to be like the best shadow hunter, the mm-hmm. best fighter that the Institute has. Oh yeah. So they're shadow hunter institutes in mm-hmm. major cities. That's where they all convene. Yeah. They're kind of like, they're like bases. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. Um, so... Yeah, Jace, Alec, and Izzy. Mm-hmm. And then you have Simon, her best friend. Who's in love with her, obviously. Oh my god. Because this is a young adult novel. Insufferable. <laughs> and there's got to be a love triangle. It's and Shadowhunter has multiple interlocking love triangles and family trees. Yeah. So that's fun. Someone's name, last name changes like four times mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in two seasons, which is pretty impressive. Yeah. We'll, we'll trace all the twists and turns, I think, in a Shadowhunter's dedicated episode. Oh, because yeah. It's literally too complex to it get is. into here, but we're, hopefully we're getting a taste of like why we're so hype about it. And we have an address, so I think the most compelling thing about Shadow... Well, okay, maybe not the most compelling. I could probably come up with a lot of things, but a really interesting thing about Shadowhunters is its um, commitment to diversity mm. and representation mm-hmm. because, I mean, and some of it is kind of weird, like Izzy, the actress, the actress who plays Izzy is like very obviously um, not white, like she's Latina. It comes through in her voice, like it, the yeah. way she pronounces things, you're her, like, oh, like your first language was Spanish, I yeah. can tell. Her accent is a little rough at which times. Is, which is not present in the way that her brother Alex speaks. Because he's white as hell. And then their little brother Max is, is this even just whiter. Like, <laughs> this is just like little cherub. I know. It's with blonde, blonde hair. Yeah. And I'm like, alright, why not? But over the course of Shadowhunters, you have someone come out um, as gay. There is a very out and proud... At their own wedding, by the way. It's true. At their own heterosexual uh-huh. wedding. It's, yeah, it's a time. Um, and then we have a, yeah, out and proud bisexual warlock. There My up, favorite character. I know, Magnus is Magnus, the best. Who's played... Um, by Harry Shum mm-hmm, Jr., mm-hmm. who was on Glee. He played Mike Chang. Underused in Glee. Oh my gosh, so underused. Um, and then eventually, season two, there's an asexual vampire. Like, they commit them 
themselves to representation in a way I haven't seen a lot of shows do. Like, Shadowhunters was the first time I ever saw asexuality represented on television, mm. and I think that's a really big fucking deal, and not something that we should write off, because it's important. Yeah, I sent you a text one time, it says, come to Shadowhunters fandom, we got bisexuals, werewolves, asexuals, vampires, gingers, Jews, seelies, which are the same as fairies, Yeah. gays, abstinent warrior princesses, oh, angels, warlocks, Latinx folks, daywalkers, folks battling addiction, people with leather fetishes, lesbian detectives, and single parents. And that's not even an exhaustive that's list. That's, that's just things thing. that I could think of. But that just goes to show what, what the show is accomplishing and what they obviously see as important because they're choosing to dedicate time and plot lines to the representation Mm -hmm. and just like having really fun complex characters yes i love it i I love it so much and it's not even an ironic love either it's not it's like it's like i wholeheartedly enjoy this show and i do recommend it to everyone who's like what are you watching lately (laughs) no one i have recommended it to has ever heard of it and that's why we're talking about it here because we want to hype it so hard it's on hulu it's on hulu Seasons one and two. Season three coming soon. Get on board so that this show sticks around for more seasons. I know. I almost wonder, like, who the Shadowhunter fan base is. I think it might, it might be, like, just, like, us and people (laughs) like us. Like, like, 23 to 26 year old, like, hyper, like, pop culture tuned folks who, you know... Like, love representation. I think there's a bleaker side of the fandom, though, who are the oh. people who actually, like, the books? read and enjoyed Cassandra Clare's mm. books and didn't know her origin story. Mm. As a Harry Potter fan fiction writer, mm-hmm. I didn't say that, yeah, she was part of the Harry Potter fandom. Um, because sometimes when I see, of course, because I watch Shadowhunters clips on YouTube, and then I, or, like, the promo for the next episode, and I see the YouTube comments, because... I can't help myself. I hate myself and I read comments. Um, and people just like go crazy over the books. And I'm like, guys, calm down. Yeah, I, I don't know. I listened to the audiobook and this was after having watched the first season of the show. I like the show better. I'm not sorry. It is better. Yeah. I haven't even read the book and I feel confident in saying that. Mm-hmm. So we've covered a lot of ground as far as TV goes. Yes, we have. Um, should we move on or should we cover some of the ground that we planned out earlier? I think we should move on. Mm -hmm. I feel like those were our 2017 television highlights and I think they really encapsulate what we want to talk about moving forward, teen culture, Mm -hmm. shows that are targeted towards teens, shows that are all the more progressive for it. Mm -hmm. So I think it's good. And we can just have also like a, a Bachelor Bachelorette centric episode okay, because I've, there's just so much ground to cover. I have to explain who Ari is. <laughs> no one knows who Ari yeah, is. Yeah, you'll explain to me who Ari is. Uh, and then, yeah, maybe I'll make my way through whatever of Emily Maynard's season is still I would available. rewatch Emily Maynard's season because it's my favorite season of The Bachelorette, maybe tied with Caitlyn's season. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah. So stay extra. tuned. Yeah. Bachelor starts like January 1st. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be leaking into a lot of future episodes of oh, yeah. Vodka Lemonade Stand. Oh, yeah. uh, do you want to move on to music or movies? Mm. Choose your own. Maybe let's do music. Let's mix it up a little. Music! 
Also, I just really want to talk about One Direction because obviously... Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. Who's your... This is a dumb question, but I think the listeners want to know. <laughs> who's your favorite member slash former member of One Direction? My favorite former member of One Direction is Harry Styles. And it feels ridiculous to have to say that because everyone who knows me knows my love of Harry Styles. My phone lock screen is literally a picture of Harry Styles. It's fine. Um... Yes, Harry. Team Harry for life. But 2017 was a really big year for One Direction, so they went on hiatus at the end of... Oh my gosh, was it 2016 or 2015? Uh, so they went on hiatus after Zayn left, right? Yeah. And I think it was either end of last year or start of this year. It was end of last year, okay. so it was end of 2016. It's one of the things that we lost in 2016 was oh, One Direction. One Direction. There's a really funny Tumblr post where people um, look at Obama's first, um, oh my gosh, first term versus his second term comparing the number of One Direction members, and it's really funny, but anyway. Um, it was a big year for all of the One Direction guys. People... We didn't necessarily expect to have success, had success, which is, and I'm primarily talking about Niall, like, I don't think anyone was like, oh yeah, Niall is going to release an album and go on tour and be really successful, but then he did, and he went on tour with my favorite country artist, Maren Morris, um, which, I mean, is pretty chill. But Zayn obviously had started his solo career before mm-hmm. because he mm-hmm. left mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. band. Oh. Zayn's single pillow talk is what I would listen to before every first date that I had in 2016. Oh, really? To sort of just like amp me up and get me excited to talk to strangers because that's something I have to do because uh, I don't like talking to strangers. Talking strangers. That's my actually my 2018 New Year's resolution is talk oh. to more strangers. Uh, I think I've I've worn through the usefulness of Pillow Talk as a song mm. to do that, but that's, I mean, there's the whole world of Spotify out there for me mm-hmm. to find my new theme song for that. So I would say, I can't say, say that Zayn was my favorite, like, holistically, mm-hmm. but I think he's the cutest one. You're but wrong, but it's I, fine. I, that's fair. <laughs> Harry has better fashion by leaps and bounds. Yeah. Like... He's it's he's true. a fashion icon already. He is. He is. Um, the rest to me are forgettable. I forget their names constantly. Okay, so that's my job. That's what I'm here for. Um, <laughs> so we talked a little bit about Niall. Had a lot of of success. His singles did really well. Slow Hands especially did really well. Um, and then we have Liam, who started his solo career the latest. He had the latest single release. Because he um, was, what, too busy having a baby? Oh, yeah, because he had a baby. Mm-hmm. I forget. Because, mm-hmm. you know, in He what... was on, you know, parental leave. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, yeah, with his 30-something-year-old, um, girlfriend. Girlfriend. They're not married. Um, anyway... So, Liam, uh, he's been kind of forgettable for me, honestly. Like, he's had some singles. Uh, one of them was with Quavo. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, mostly forgettable. Louis, I think, has only been interesting because of his... Oh, this is mean. But his X Factor performance that happened just days after his mom passed away oh, yeah. is when he played his first single that was a collaboration with Steve Oki. Mm-hmm. Um 
That's right. That's how you say his last name. I think it's Aoki, but Aoki. I actually don't know. No, I'm second guessing myself. Aoki. It's probably Aoki. That's how Fans. it's spelled. Correct us. I don't. God, I don't know. Um, he has great hair too. Also, speaking of hair, Steve. Mm, yes, hair is great. Yes. Um. Yeah, and then Louis also had a kid, so maybe that was similarly yeah. a distraction. Other things going on. Yeah. Um. And then Harry. Harry Styles and his debut album that was all about Millennial Pink, Bathtubs. I'm talking about the album art, Mm -hmm, not the mm -hmm, album itself. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, But there was a lot of Millennial Pink and Bathtubs. It's true. Um, And he released a almost six-minute single. That was his debut single. Bold. And Yeah, it's bold as hell because no radio wants to play Six minutes? Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I think he was definitely the most interesting, like, in terms of where he was going to go direction-wise, I think people were the most surprised Mm. by Harry Styles, um, because his album was very much more rock than I think people expected and sort of created its own lane, um, in pop music, because that's, it's just, like, not really a style of music that exists in in pop right now so but he can do whatever he wants he's harry fucking styles like he can make his own genre of music and be like yeah i'm here bitch whatever like yeah he's he's just a beautiful lion who's like he's like coming to the top of pride rock and like surveying his kingdom (laughs) he's like everything the light touches loves harry styles Um, it's true though he did um i mean he was in dunkirk this year Mm, he was good in dunkirk too i didn't see it because movies like that scare Um, me but i did there was a point in dunkirk where i had to like look away and pretend i wasn't there because it was so upsetting but Mm -hmm. it was a good movie um i heard he was very good in it Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. he was good because you forgot that he was harry styles which, Which is hard to do. Ed Sheeran did not accomplish in Game of Thrones. No, that was that was offensive. That was the worst. <laughs> um, gosh, I love Harry Styles so much that I feel like scattered in talking about him. But yeah, it was a really big year for him. We can always just do a, a, just a Harry Styles episode. You know, I wouldn't complain about that. <laughs> I have enough to say about Harry Styles yeah. for a full episode. But album, Sign of the Times, just really hit, hit the mark. It did. And there's that video with the cake and the puppies and the children, and it's like, oh, yeah. You, you know who your audience <laughs> is, Harry. You know what we like. It's true. But also, like, I don't think he cares. Mm-mm. And that's kind of refreshing, too. Mm-hmm. Because I'm sure he got a lot of pushback, and if he had been a less, like, prominent um, member of One Direction, I don't think he would have had that much freedom to mm-hmm. do what he did and, like, go out wearing, like, flowered Gucci suits. You know, I just, I don't think a lot of people would have that flexibility, but he's Harry Styles. He's adored, frankly, like has done a lot of duets with Stevie Nicks, Mm -hmm. um, has had the opportunity to collaborate with a lot of people. He's respected in a way that I think a lot of other members of One Direction are not, Mm -hmm. which, I mean, it is what it is, right? Do you think, well, who do you think is like Harry Styles' biggest... Or maybe you know because he's answered it in an interview, but who's his mm. biggest, like, inspiration, like, musically and then, like... Shania Twain. Really? Yes. Really? He has said Shania Twain. Can you picture Harry Styles wearing, like, a leopard onesie with a hood? Um, can I see him in leopard print? Yes. Onesie, maybe not so much, but, like, maybe. 
You know? I, I mean, he's worn some pretty weird shit, so... That could be his, his Halloween 2018. There you go. Um, yeah, Shania Twain. Mm-hmm. He sounds nothing like Shania Twain if you somehow live under a rock and have not heard any of his album. Yeah. Listen, it's good. It's good it stuff. Is, it is good stuff. Didn't get any Grammy noms. Ugh. Not that I'm upset about well, it. Grammys or are illegitimate anyway. The like, they've messed stuck. up so many times with missing true talent in the past couple years. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. I do. Um, from I feel like from Harry Styles, it let's like go in the opposite direction and talk Taylor Swift. Oh yikes! Yikes is the word. <laughs> so it, it has been three years since 1989 came out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So she follows up. 1989 with Reputation. Yep. Which for me was a gigantic leap backwards in Mm -hmm. every respect. But not Uh, even like regressing to past like success. No, if she she had gone back to like red Mm -hmm. level of like talent, it would have been better than this. Yes. Because I've described it to people like Taylor Swift, I think. Early in the start of the year, started like laying the foundation for like what she wanted to present to us, which was dark Taylor, like just like you know more blatantly like mean and nasty and like take no prisoners and like stuff like that. And I'm like, okay, okay so like, like that can be successful. I like a mean mm-hmm. girl. I love Cheryl mm-hmm. on yeah. Riverdale. Yeah. Um, but what we and so I'm here and I'm wanting to have like at the end of the Little Mermaid. When, like, Ursula, like, splits out of the wedding gown and grows, like, ten stories and capsizes the ship mm-hmm. and, like, stirs and boils the seas. Like, I wanted that level of just, like, I'm here and I'm evil and I'm angry from Taylor. But what I got was her sort of, like, Ursula pretending to be this random brunette girl and seducing Prince Eric and living happily ever after. Like, that's, that's what we got from Taylor. And I didn't like it. I think a big part of the problem was she was like, yeah, I take no prisoners, but also I'm still the victim. Yeah, it's pick one. Yeah. Ownership. That it's an issue of ownership. Mm-hmm. Because you can't have it both ways. You just, you can't, I, I don't know. It just, it felt very fake. Not that, you know. Yeah, they're, they're burning all the witches, even if you aren't one. And I'm like, just be a witch. Like, yeah, take seriously. pride in that. Be like, oh, oh, you found out I'm a witch? Well, you're late to the program because I've been a witch this whole time. Yeah. That's what I wanted from Taylor mm-hmm. and that's what she didn't give us. Yeah. Unless you just want to keep being the victim, like, that's fine too. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know. Um, and I thought, like, 1989 showed a lot of growth in that it was less about holding things against people and more just recognizing that sometimes things just aren't meant to work out. And I thought that was a real moment of growth for her. And then reputation happened, and I was like, bitch, you haven't learned anything. Mm-hmm. God. I It's just, and all of the singles were bad. So here I am, like, I'm really excited. Yeah. I'm like, okay, like, it's here, it's coming. I planned a party for the release date of the she album did. before any of the singles came mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I was, like, ready to just, like, bask in whatever happened. And uh, I ended up having to pivot and have that party be a roast instead because yeah. the singles were so disappointing Mm -hmm. uh it started out with look what you made me do which i gave a one out of five stars on my specially designed reputation review sheets that i passed out in my taylor swift 
She did. Theme party. I can attest I was there. <laughs> I've got this sheet in front of me right now. Oh, there it is. Uh, I got it in front of me right now. And yeah, I, I wrote, uh, should have been a Panic at the Disco song, mm -hmm. which is actually a compliment for the song. It yeah. just, it tailors the wrong person to sing it. Mm -hmm. Uh, I, I wrote down grinding my teeth, so there's a point where I'm like wearing down the enamel on my teeth because I can't handle the song anymore. Uh, total letdown. And the line that I don't like, and it stands out to me every time, uh, it, I could be the actress starring in your bad dream. <laughs> Who's holding casting calls for their dreams? That's not how it works. There's no actresses in bad dreams. If you want to be like at the front and center of somebody's bad dream, that's great. Why are you also an actress? It doesn't, I don't like it. It doesn't make sense. And it, it ultimately let me down pretty bad. It was not a good album. I have not listened to it since we held our roast slash seance slash listening party. Yeah, I just, there's some in here that are like, Okay, I'd listen to this again, like, given the right context. But it's not something I listened to for fun outside no. of that one time. Which is a bummer. It is. It is. Because Taylor Swift only releases an album, like you said, like, every three years. And in the past, if you were a Taylor Swift fan, that music has, like, helped you for three years. Because that's how much you love it and can identify with it. Like... Anyone who says they haven't listened to at least one Taylor Swift song after a breakup is a liar. You mm -hmm. are a liar. Mm -hmm. She just, she speaks to that like hurting part of you. And then she releases this garbage album. No. That's Nobody totally... can relate to this. Exactly. This is all about you. you specifically can't... you. Mm -hmm. Not exactly. like the, the experience of feeling heartbroken. Mm -hmm. It's about like, remember that time somebody said something mean about me and I'm like, I can't relate. No one cares. Yeah. God, like it happened five years ago. Can't you move on? We've moved on. Everyone has. Yeah. So. Yay. So. <laughs> 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 what else happened musically this year? Kesha. Oh yeah, Kesha's, Queen of our Kesha's comeback. Oh my gosh, she just makes me so happy. She's someone who made us, well, she didn't make us wait, but there were circumstances that meant that we had to wait for a new Kesha album, yeah. and it was worth it. Oh my gosh, so worth it. A hundred million percent. And I think that was the kind of um, like rebranding that Taylor Swift totally missed. Mm -hmm. Like, Kesha's album was so powerful. Yeah, she's like, I've been through something really dark. Mm -hmm. And she can write about it. it. Exactly. She can write about it in a way that's relatable, that's profound, that's moving. Like, it just ticked all the boxes. And I think really put into harsh perspective how much mm -hmm. Taylor's album. Mm -hmm. yeah. I think Praying is one of those songs where if, like, if I'm feeling particularly vulnerable, say I'm driving in my car and it comes on the radio, I will have to, like, pull over to the side of the road and cry it out. Mm -hmm. And that's true for Kesha's Praying. And it's true for Stitches by Shawn Mendes. And it's true of no other songs. <laughs> it's really good. It is. It's, it's a fabulous album. She is going to be a really important artist moving forward. And I think that's really exciting. Mm -hmm. And you have all these people who are like, oh, I didn't know Kesha was this good. And I'm like, where have you been? She's I know. always been amazing. Exactly. Yeah. Hello. Yeah. And it's, it just shows how powerful like, the music industry and music executives, you know, just, like, how much power they have and 
how much people don't realize that they're actual people behind mm -hmm. the image that we're given. So. Music. Music. Um, Sean Mendes. I know I you saw, love Sean Mendes. I saw him in That's why I brought it up. Sean <laughs> Mendes, uh, let's let's jump, you know, ahead in our notes. Sean Mendes is um, a gift that Vine helped deliver to the world. It's true. He's discovered via Vine. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You're not wrong. Vine, which sadly RIP, was R. one R. of the Vine. things that we lost in 2016 along with One Direction uh, and other things. Um, but there's... Some rumors, whispers, hints that it's some gonna return in some kind of fashion. Um, I I really don't wish to speculate because I don't want to get my hopes up, only to be crushed. Yeah, be but careful. I will say, I just love a good I love a good Vine compilation. I used to spend fifteen to twenty minutes every night before I went to bed scanning through vines and finding the Aww. best ones. It was like a nightly ritual. So uh, I miss it. I miss the memes. Everyone misses Vine. Mm-hmm. It's one of the many things that Twitter has screwed up. Yeah, that's yeah. rough. We won't dwell. You all know why Twitter was a garbage fire this year. We do not need to go into it, frankly. So That's a, that's a whole different podcast. Yeah. <laughs> You're not wrong. It's a, tw it's a Twitter podcast about why Twitter sucks so much. <laughs> oh. Oof. Okay, do we go to movies? Movies. That was a short music segment, but, like, that's not we, really we our focus we here. We, we got did. what we needed. We got what we needed. Movies. I feel like this year was very strong in superhero movies. In it a was. way that we haven't seen in, in several years. It was, I think, strong in a way for superhero movies that made them... Um, Oh my gosh, I'm saying this so poorly. But I guess what I'm trying to say is this year superhero movies were recognized for being good movies instead of for being good superhero mm -hmm. movies. Yeah. Like, I don't need a particularly well-choreographed action sequence. Mm -hmm. I've seen so many at this point. I zone out. But, like, make me feel things. Make yeah. me cry. Yeah. and Show that... me something I haven't seen before. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That was the most memorable part, I think, of Vox's review of Spider-Man Homecoming. They were like, this doesn't feel like a superhero movie. This this feels like a high school mm -hmm. movie. That's like why I love High school it. comedy. And the guy just happens to be Spider-Man. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, we've seen Spider-Man's origin story like 17 yeah, times. We don't need to see it again. And they saved us from that, which was very smart of them. Um, and just made a really compelling, charming high school movie where he's spider-man my review of spider-man homecoming when i said that i oh i went and i saw i saw it last week and people were like oh how was it i my go-to answer was i love finding things wrong with movies mm -hmm. i always find something i can't think of anything wrong with spider-man homecoming i thought it was great i love that in every scene you see like a person of color, mm -hmm. which is accurate reflection of where Spider-Man grew up yes. in Queens, right? Queens. That sounds right yeah. to me. And Zendaya's in it, which Zendaya! is exciting. <laughs> it's really exciting to see Zendaya as Mary Jane. Spoiler alert, but MJ. you've seen it by now. Yeah. You've seen it by now. It came out. It's a long hilarious. Time ago. It's yes. funny the, it's all the way through. There's beautiful friendships. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love it. Tom Holland is a delight. Yeah. 
I followed him on Instagram after that. Oh, I love how he keeps accidentally spoiling things. That's probably my favorite part about Tom Holland is that they don't trust him anymore at Marvel. They can't <laughs> give him things. They can't like give him scripts because mm-hmm. he reveals things that he should not. Um, but so well cast. Just a fun movie. And people were so skeptical of Spider-Man Homecoming because rightly they were like, oh my gosh, there have been like 5 million Spider-Man movies in the past 15 years. Why are they making another one? And they actually succeeded in making something that did not feel like anything that had been made before. Yeah, it felt totally new. And it was was a delight. I I will watch that again and again. Yeah, it was a fantastic movie. Ugh, okay. So we talked about Spider-Man. Now we have to move to DC. And talk about Wonder Woman, and that's the only reason why we're going to talk about DC, because otherwise I can't stand the DC universe and how everything has to be gritty. Superman is not gritty, friends. Mm-mm. Superman no, nothing gritty about that it's guy. just, it's very irritating that that is the direction. We need to see more Superman comedies. Yeah. Because that's really the yeah. only direction you can go that can be I, fruitful. Um, or just embrace the, like, camp and, um, because he's just, like, this ridiculous do-gooder, right? So yeah. just... I, I like Smallville, though. That. Smallville's great. Because uh, <laughs> it's just like, it's like, it's a freak of the week show. Yeah. Like, it's the same as Supernatural. There's a really good, or sorry, this is an aside, but we'll get back to Wonder Woman. There's a really good article, I think, in Vulture about Henry Cavill and how he was never really supposed to be a leading man. He just looks like one. As an actor, I mean, he's fine, but he was never meant to be fucking Superman. Um, but because of the way he looks, he's been, like, forced into this leading man lane. And yeah, I just he's got that, that square really jaw. He's stunning. Like, mm-hmm. he's a very attractive man, but he's not Superman. Why is Henry Cavill Superman and Army Hammer is not? Mistakes were made. Although I don't know how Army Hammer would look with darker hair. It's true. We haven't seen it. Well, I haven't seen it. I also haven't seen Man from U.N.C.L.E., though. Did he have darker hair? Than I don't Man know. Maybe. I don't think Anything's so. Anything's possible. No, I don't think. I've seen Man from Uncle. I don't think so. Anyway, we'll talk about Army Hammer in a minute because <laughs> we're. Oh my God! Call me by your name. I can't. Mm-hmm. Gay mm-hmm. in Italy, mm-hmm. as John Lovett calls it. <laughs> um, accurate. Too. Okay. It. I mean, actually, it should be bisexual in Italy. True. Figuring it out. But, yeah, exactly. Um, Like, sexual discovery in Mm -hmm, Italy. mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. But we won't get into semantics. Wonder Woman. And then we'll move on from superheroes. Wonder Woman. I loved it. Wonder Woman. I felt like I could take on the world after I saw Wonder Woman. I got out of that movie and I was like, I'm going to sign up for a kickboxing class. I'm just going to punch something. Punch the patriarchy. I do, yeah. It was a very... Good movie for 2017, I think, yeah. because a lot of people feeling like powerless and mm-hmm. like just like what do I do? Like, there's just so much evil in the world. Yeah. Um, and Wonder Woman was like, yeah, I know, but you got this, and that was great. And Gal Gadot, which is how you say her name, is that correct? Um, Gal Gadot. Okay, that's is that what I said? Or did I say you said Gal? Gal Gadot. Gal Gadot. I only know that because I watched Israeli YouTube clips. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm, it, it, it's yeah. a hard name. Yeah, it's one of those ones where I have to, like, type it in and, like, search for, for YouTube clips on mm-hmm, how to say it. Mm-hmm. And then I still managed to get it wrong. It's okay. Um, she's so stunning. Which I think made her a great Wonder Woman because she looks inhumanly she beautiful. She does. And it, 
was almost offensive because before she was an act, well, before she was an actress, she was a model. Before she was a model, she taught stuff in the Israeli mm-hmm. military. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Um, yeah, she was a model before, and when she was initially cast, I was like, "Fuck me!" Like another, you know, beautiful model turned actress like Cara Delevingne, who I'm sorry sucks as an actress. She's terrible. Great eyebrows, though. She does have great eyebrows, but sadly, that doesn't do a lot in a movie. Yeah, so you can act with your eyebrows, but it should enhance the experience. Yeah, exactly. the only thing. Uh Um, So I was really disappointed when she was initially cast, and... It was a mistake. She's amazing. I, like, my perception was a mistake. She did an Mm. incredible job. She was a fantastic Wonder Woman. The romance was beautiful. It did not feel forced like it has been in a lot of other superhero movies. (coughs) Thor. (coughs) Uh, Yikes. That that was the best part of Thor 3 is there was no Natalie Portman. No Natalie Portman. (laughs) And it's like, we love Natalie Portman, but we do not love Jane. No, not not in the movies. I like Jane in the comics, but not in the movies. Yeah. So, I say that like I'm a comics fan, and I'm not really, but still. It's okay. It's okay. Anyway, yeah. No, Wonder Woman. Loved it. Um, I just, I love, and I love a World War One movie. We don't get enough of that in the United States. I know, it's true. And I like that, yeah, you got this extended, like, training sequence with all these, like, really hardcore women and really great actresses Mm -hmm. at the start. Uh, It was funny. There's it was. Laughs. It was There's funny. a part where she like eats ice cream for the first time, and she's like, "You should be proud." It's very sweet. Mm-hmm. I, I can't, I, that's another one. Like I like feel like I can't wait to watch Wonder Woman again. I would I really love to it. watch it again. I think I saw it twice mm-hmm. in theaters, and I would definitely watch it again. Yeah, and I like that the moral of the story is not like, "Oh, there's just some like external force out here that's making us evil." It's mm-hmm. like. No, we're all, like, just susceptible to being, like, seduced by evil. Yeah. And you don't have to... There's not, like, some big bad that's influencing it. There's no one root cause of our problems. Like, our problems are... There's a lot of roots. And mm-hmm. we just gotta do our best. You know, you gotta try. Yeah. I'm giving myself chills. Just I reflecting know. on it how much that movie was great. It was a powerful, powerful movie. And it was really fun to see a male romantic interest instead of a male lead. That was mm-hmm. really fun. Mm-hmm. And we should see more of that moving forward, mm-hmm. frankly. Do you want to talk Thor? I do. I do want Let's to do talk it. Thor. <laughs> so Anne and I saw Thor pretty much immediately. We might have seen it, like, right when it opened. Yeah, I think we, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw Thor. We did see Wonder Woman opening night. We did. But we might have seen Thor also opening the night because it was great. It was. So I was really skeptical skeptical because Thor Dark World is one of the worst movies I've ever seen. And I never even bothered. And I asked you if I should watch it and you were like, "Mm." (laughs) mm-mm. It's so bad. And so I was like, oh, they're making another Thor movie. Uh Uh-oh. But then I started seeing reviews for the movie come out and I was like, oh my God. Because Vox, again, sorry, I read a lot of Vox. They said it was arguably the funniest movie in the MCU. And I was like, whoa, like that's a strong statement because, you know, Avengers is like the funny one, mm-hmm. right? Um, but then we watched it. And, and we we just seen Spider-Man Homecoming, which was hilarious. Yeah, yeah. Spider-Man Homecoming was amazing. Very funny. And Thor, 
was so unexpected and maybe mm-hmm. the better for it. Yeah. It caught me by surprise. I didn't know mm-hmm. they were going to spend the whole movie on this trash planet. I thought, oh, this is a pit stop on the way back to the main plot. No. No, that's the plot. It's the trash planet. <laughs> and it was great. Ew. It was. Like, Chris Hemsworth is funny. Mm-hmm. He doesn't always get to be funny, but he's fucking funny. He's hilarious. And him and Tom Hiddleston have such amazing chemistry. Tom Hiddleston was also funny. Tom Hiddleston was very funny. But normally, they have us in this exhausting loop of, like, Thor wants to see the best in his brother, so he trusts him. And then Loki betrays him. And we've been watching that for, like, a million years, it feels like. And he gets caught every time. And this was... Just a really refreshing shakeup. Yeah. The part where I think we both like laughed out loud uncontrollably. I'm so excited. And all, it felt a little bit like a, almost like a unrehearsed scene, but uh, there's a point and Thor is talking to another character about Loki. He's like, oh yeah, like one time when we were kids, I turned into a snake because he knows I love snakes. And so I pick up the snake to admire it and it's just back into Loki and he goes, blah, and stabs me. <laughs> and there's just a delivery, and I'm not doing it justice, but go go back and watch that clip. Do yourself, do yourself a favor. It had me just, like, laughing, screaming out loud. Shrieking, I would, it I would describe it. It was very funny. It, it was, and I think that was the part that Thor had been missing, is Thor admitting to everyone that he's a fucking idiot. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. That's, and that's why we love it's true, he's been duped so many times, but it's because <laughs> of his pure heart. Like, it's mm-hmm. because he truly wants to see the best in everyone and see the best in his brother. But at some point, you need to have some ability to recognize your flaws. And yeah. that was this movie. I also loved Valkyrie. Mm. Oh. Mm. Oh. She was great. She was great. I want to see that movie again. I only saw that one once, so. Yeah. That needs to happen again. Is it, do you think, a fair critique of Thor Ragnarok to say that they should have made Valkyrie more explicitly bisexual? Mm, oh, no. Okay. Um, I say, oh, no, not because I disagree, just because this has happened in so many movies. By erasure... And, well, just LGBTQ erasure... Turns into this really controversial thing where they amp up the audience and they're like, oh yeah, LGBTQ character. And then at some point, some executive is like, nah, cut it. Nope, no gay people here. And then then we get this um, like watered down depiction that's like oh is she is yeah she? like you could make the argument based on the text but you have to like pull out a very specific yeah. frame and then what i'm thinking of in thor ragnarok is the one where the, the other blonde valkyrie is like defending like uh-huh. our valkyrie yeah. and gets impaled mm-hmm. and you know we know from context that after that like our valkyrie was like totally broken mm-hmm. like moved to a different trash planet on the other side of the universe and yeah. was like done with Asgard forever mm-hmm. and I'm like you only do that if you're like true love yeah gets killed yeah. in a battle it's true I I don't know I mean yes it sucks I'm hoping that with the direction of um 
just like media and Hollywood, like we just saw Call Me By Your Name, which we'll talk about very shortly, but um, seeing how successful LGBTQ characters and storylines can be, I'm hoping we'll just change that naturally. I mean, yeah, it sucks. It sucks that they erased her identity, but at the same time, I don't know, I am upset about it, but I feel like it's going to change soon, and I'm just mm-hmm. trying to look towards that. That's what Shadowhunters is helping to normalize. It's true. Just on screen, I am bisexual, mm-hmm. bisexuality. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Magnus. Woohoo! And Harry Shum Jr. for being amazing. Yeah. Um, sorry, that was like not a very eloquent answer. No, I think but... you got there. Okay, thank yeah. you. I appreciate it. That's what I was, was hoping to unpack. Mm. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned Call Me By Your Name. Should we seg into that? Oh my gosh. Okay, so I mean... Made... Yeah, this is what we just saw, what, like Friday? Thursday? Yeah. Thursday. Very, very recently. I made Anne come see... I am also coming off as like a very strong-willed person who makes Anne do things with me all the time. Because <laughs> I am. <laughs> and I, and I do. I know you are. I, I love having a party captain that's not me. Because sometimes I, I like to be party captain and sometimes I like to be in the party backseat. Yeah. No. And that's totally fair. But I made Anne see Call Me By Your Name because I have been hearing buzz about Call Me By Your Name for what feels like a million years. I also like to exaggerate, but it has been a long time because I knew that it was a Sundance darling. I know I knew that um, it was a big favorite in the Toronto Film Festival. Um, and at this point, I was just like, I want to see the goddamn movie. And then it came out. But Give only, it to us. I know. And it only came out in like, <laughs> New York and LA. We had to wait a like four weeks for it Mm -hmm. to come to Portland and we finally saw it um this past week and immediately after we watched it I turned to Anne and I was like I feel like as a theater we just like went through something together yeah Yeah. because that's how it felt yeah I was very caught up I think mostly for me it was like the moments of feeling like unsure Mm. and embarrassed that I was like I was like oh this is taking over my body I can't handle it so yeah you were telling me like oh and I'm gonna do a lot of like hitting of your arm during the movie and I'm gonna like flail a bit and I was like flail all you want it's expected at this point like we've just watched two seasons of Shadowhunters together like I know about the flail and Mm -hmm. I've done my fair share of flailing Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. I mentioned earlier my number two crush in the world is Aiden Turner who Mm -hmm. was in the uh, Mortal Instruments movie. One time I was watching Poldark with my sister, but she's the lead, and I flailed so hard I punched her in the face. So, anyway, flailing is a thing that we do. If you hear like people hitting the mics during this podcast, that's what that is. Yeah. Probably. It's probably me. I hit people when I get excited. Mm-hmm. So, you warned me that you were going to be flailing yes, during I did. Call Me By Your Name, but I ended up being the one flailing. I think during the, the infamous peach scene. The peach scene, because I knew it was coming, but Anne did not. didn't. I did not. Anne didn't know. And I was like, ah! <laughs> it's so much. It's a lot. It's a lot. I really like how in the past couple years, we've really embraced the coming-of-age movie as, like, a really critically beloved genre. Because I remember seeing Edge of Seventeen last year, and was like, oh my gosh, this movie is so fabulous. It's so exciting to see a coming-of-age movie handled in a respectful, uh, compelling way, and like very obviously not just geared towards people of that same age group. 
And I think this was another example, even more complex, um, because in addition to being coming of age, it was all about discovering sexuality and sexual identity, and there was just a lot to unpack there, mm-hmm. but... Um, mm-hmm. It's always a rich topic. It, yeah, it is, and I I just, I really appreciate that genre right now, and like Lady Bird, same thing, like, I dig it, I dig the coming of age stuff. Yeah. This podcast is about teen pop culture, coming of age, answering questions about yourself, laughing a lot. And representation, because representation. we support diversity on this exactly. podcast. We are exactly. enthusiasts. Like, the kids are alright. Kind of a spirit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we talked about, I think, everything that we had written down, so we could wrap up mm-hmm. with a... Little, wrap up? little politics. Oh my gosh, our game! Let's get political. Oh my gosh. Okay, so <laughs> Anne and I have this really embarrassing game that we're gonna... No, it's not embarrassing. No, I it's should not embrace again, it. Again, because it's not a guilty pleasure. It's not a guilty pleasure. I think it's embarrassing for me a little bit, because when I tell people about it, they're it's like, very oh, nerdy. It's very nerdy. <laughs> but like very our kind of nerdy, uh-huh. which is not uh-huh. all people's kind of nerdy. So Anne and I, our interests really lie in the intersection of pop culture and politics. I feel mm-hmm. like that describes both of us super well. We're very political. Fair. We're very into pop culture. Mm-hmm. So Anne came up with this game. I don't, I can't even tell you how this came about, but our game is we come up with a political figure, mm-hmm. say Jeff Merkley, Oregon's junior senator, mm-hmm. and we discuss who his favorite character on a TV show, say Teen Wolf, would be. Yep. We, this was like an exact conversation it that we is. had. Mm-hmm. Jeff mm-hmm. Merkley and Teen Wolf. Yeah. Yeah, so what's like one, like what's his favorite character? And two, who which two characters does he ship? Like mm. who does he want to end up together? I forgot about that part, thank you. So I think when we play this game using your example, uh, Jeff Merkley and Teen Wolf, we came out, did he like um, Styles' dad best? I think we said Styles' dad. Yeah, yeah. Styles' dad is like a great like moral center, and I think Jeff Merkley vibes with that. He's such a dad, too. <laughs> He's such a dad. He's such a dad. <laughs> yeah, you, what, what's your nickname for Senator Jeff Merkley? I call him Senator Dad. Yeah. And I think everything he posts on Instagram, like, backs that up. It like, does. there's one where he's, like, shoveling the snow off of his driveway on Christmas and just being like, hi, constituents, like, how's it going? And I'm like, you literally are wearing my dad's outfit right now. Like, what? It, yeah. <laughs> he has another one where he's building his deck. Mm-hmm. Like, he's building a deck. That's, yeah. He doesn't pay someone to build a deck. He does it himself. Yeah. So Senator Jeff Merkley's favorite character on Teen Wolf uh, is likely Styles' dad, the sheriff? Yeah, Sheriff Stolinski. Yeah, Sheriff Stolinski. Um, if you know better, aka if you have direct access to the senator, <laughs> we're happy to be corrected. But this is what we think is, is true. Um, so should we, let's do another round. Okay. Uh, Lita, name a political figure. Should we do national or local? Uh, we just did Oregon, so let's say national. Okay. Um, let's say, give me a second. Oh, sad because now we have so many problematic oh, I people. I was like, oh, that person. No. We don't want to uncover that can of worms in the first episode. We'll do it later episodes. Oh, yeah. Um, okay. Give me a second. I will say, let's just say Obama. Obama. Yeah. Perfect. Classic. Uh-huh. Okay. Now, you should ask me to yes. name a show. Okay. So, yeah. Name a show, Anne. Oh, this is the hard part. Think it, of a show. it is. It is hard. Uh, you got this. I know. 
Next time we're gonna have like a bowl. <laughs> we're gonna or a try. Hat. Yeah, we're gonna be ready. It's, and also, I'm gonna I'm gonna cut a lot of this awkward silence. So just <laughs> sit there knowing that I spent a lot more time thinking than you heard. Um, I'm gonna go with the the bowl type on oh, freeform. Yeah, that's okay. something that we we okay. thought. Hey, maybe we'll get to it. We didn't get to it. Um, mm-hmm. but it's a potentially an up and coming show on one of our favorite networks. Yeah, you're not wrong. I feel like Obama's favorite character on the bull type would be the editor. Yeah, that's... We're on the same oh, page here. Oh, The okay. editor who's the, like, head woman in charge at the magazine that is just, like, basically Cosmo. Mm-hmm. That these, like, three central young women characters work at. She's played by the same woman who played Jan in The Office, yep. which I think is great because she's much more, like, together and with it yes. uh, in this show and also much more together with it than her character in transparent um yeah because she's like a really effective leader i'm actually want to watch the bold type to like take notes on how to be a better manager yeah that's not a lie i think you should do it (laughs) i yeah she's awesome she's supportive and firm and yeah it's good good stuff okay should we do one more because that one was so easy okay so you you, this time i'll i'll name the politician and you name the show i'm ready okay i'm gonna pick uh senator kirsten gillibrand from new york okay and i am going to pick a show and just for shits and giggles let's say shadow hunters shadow hunters oh my gosh this is hard okay but let's puzzle it out let's talk it out let's show our work okay i my impression of senator gillibrand is she um is someone who wants to, like, come at things with a sense of, like, morality, mm-hmm. um, but not in, like, the, like, puritanical morality. It's, like, it's like you, you should just, like, understand, like, what's right and what's wrong and stand up for it and mm-hmm. not back down. Yeah. So absolutely. she's someone who's not willing to, like, compromise on, or the image she projects is she's not willing to compromise mm-hmm. on her values. Mm-hmm. So she was one of the first people to call out Al Franken and yep. say, like, this isn't okay. She was. Uh, on Twitter. Mm-hmm. So that was actually how I learned about that. It was her tweet. Oh. Um, and also she's someone who I think is wanting to say or show that it's okay to learn from your mistakes. Mm-hmm. So if you've messed up in the past, if you've made the bad call, if you've had the wrong views on something, but you get more information, you should like swallow your pride, say you were wrong, yeah. and be better. Mm-hmm. So if we take that to the Shadowhunters world... I'm ready. Who, who's like who's somebody who she's definitely not gonna like? I don't think she would have any ability to relate to Jace or Alec, mm-hmm. and not cl- only because they're male. Like that's not. They they got a lot of bravado. They have and a she's lot not really of bravado. Honestly, like I think she would see something relatable in Clary because Clary is so uncompromising, and she doesn't care about tradition. She doesn't care about what. Um, like other people mm-hmm. are telling her about mm-hmm. how things should work. She's like, no, I know this is wrong, and I'm going to tell you that, and I'm going to stand up for people who are being wronged as a result. I hear it. My instincts are leading me toward Luke for some reason. Oh, and I'm thinking of this okay. past season where I think Luke is being counseled to like not act and not mm-hmm. like advocate for the werewolf community. Uh, and to compromise and say like, hey, like you know, just just let the shadow hunters deal with this Valentine situation. And Luke is saying that's not good enough. We spent too much time talking. Like, this isn't okay, and I and I have to do what's right. And he's a little bit more like a rule breaker than I think 
I see yeah. <laughs> center Kristen Gillibrand, but maybe she's like drawn to that, like the fantasy of like being like, you know what? Fuck it. I can see that. No, I'm totally, I'm totally on board. I feel like there's a lot of room for interpretation here because I think at the root of the show, Shadow Hunters, a lot of people are, you know, making their way trying to figure out what's right because there's so much that's going wrong. Mm -hmm. And so people are really struggling with issues of morality and what they're willing to accept and compromise on. So. Yeah. Yeah. Watch Shadowhunters and vote. Those are our main takeaways. <laughs> yeah. um, that, I think that like pretty much sums us up as people. It's like watch Shadowhunters and also know what's happening politically exactly. in the world. Exactly. Or at least in the country. I love it. Uh, happy New Year to everyone listening to Vodka Lemonade Stand. Um, this is Anne. And Lita. And you'll hear from us again soon.